Hello, everybody. Welcome to the College Gridiron Show. I'm followed up here by Matt Constantini and Matt Breen. What did you guys think of the music? It's our new music. I don't know if it's the official one. I'm kind of like, eh, on it. Constantine looks like he's juggling when he hears the music, you know, so... Yeah, uh, we're going to work on it. Yeah, we definitely need to work on it. Of course, I'm a big fan of the Arizona... Uh, sorry, not the Arizona, but the Arkansas Razorback uh, fight song. But uh, apparently, you know, we, we can't copyright the songs or we can't have... I don't know what the technical... The, the terminology is to have the, the song, but... Uh, unfortunately, we royalty free royalty. I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm, I'm not in the music industry anymore. So, you know, <laughs> as if I ever was really, you know, playing the piano at the age of six doesn't really mean you're in the music industry. Anyway, I'm sorry. I'm getting off track. We need to get this show going. So the first topic I'd like to discuss is Clemson. I, I have a lot of words I'd like to describe to my reaction to that game. But my my header for this topic is going to be dang it, Clemson. I sold my soul to them just losing this season or, or losing three games, and it's not going well so far. But, hey, there's still a chance. You know, there still are a few games that, that, that they can lose. They they could lose to Florida State. They could lose to South Carolina, as my buddy here, Costantini, has mentioned that it could be a trap game. Anyway, Matt, let, make yourself heard on the pod. I, I haven't heard your voice yet. I don't see this team losing a game the rest of the season. You mentioned Madonna. it. You mentioned it. This the, the only game I could see them possibly losing right now is the South Carolina game. That's at South Carolina, so always going on the road's tough. And then other than that, they're better than everyone else they play. You mentioned Florida State. They're not they don't look anything like they should or what we thought they would. Um they go to they excuse me, they don't go to they play at home against Georgia Tech, who has that great triple option that could give some give them some problems. But, like I was saying last week, this offense is starting to turn it around, and it is very, very scary. See, I don't really care what you just said. I, I, don't, I don't really care about it. I just want them to lose. Just whatever, whatever way possible that they lose, other than, you know, bodily harm, because I don't want to wish that upon anybody. But, um, you know, just any way that they can lose, you know, like, I don't know, Dabo gets stuck in traffic on a weekend trip in New York and then en- ends up being stuck in Times Square so he can't fly back, misses his flight. Then there's like a-, a storm only in Virginia, so therefore they can't fly over it and they can't fly around it. You know, the country gets split in half. I don't know, whatever natural disaster that does not involve any harm to any human being just changes the, the-, the course of the future. I would be very, very happy because I have to admit, I really think that Clemson is going to be in the playoff. And they're probably going to be the national championship game. And Kelly Bryant looks like a Heisman candidate. And Kelly Bryant looks like, and I dare I say this, the best quarterback in college football right now as an NFL prospect. I know I've sold my soul on Sam Darnold. I know I sold my soul on Clemson not not being a great team. And it's backfiring on me royally. And you know what? I think I deserve it because, you know, last year I called a lot of games properly and I I predicted a lot of things to happen, which ended up happening. And I think this is just kind of like the backlash to good fortune. So unfortunately, everyone, that is kind of my, my big point on this segment. I think that the next thing we got to talk about is yet another reason why I've been wrong this season. And my buddy Costantini has been correct is Saquon Barkley's looking great. I mean, now he's throwing. I mean, what the heck? Like how much, how how many, how many more layers of, of wrong do I have to, to go into on this pod to just explain how 
I am officially now the worst expert in college football history for this season, at least. I mean, it's pretty laughable how wrong I've been about him. I think he's overrated, but I also think that he has great heart. So, you know, I think he's going to overcome a lot of the obstacles that he, you know, physically, like, isn't the, the fastest, but he's finding ways to overcome it. He's jumping over people. He's throwing it over people. He's juking people out. You know, he looks absolutely fantastic. And unfortunately, I just have been completely wrong about him, and I apologize. Yeah, he really does look fantastic right now. He he opened the game with that amazing kickoff return. You mentioned he threw oh, yeah, for a and touchdown. And, and, and the kickoff return, I mean, Madonna. How yeah. many more things do we have to hear? Had 107 yards on the ground and through the air on in the game against Indiana. I don't see anyone that is taking the Heisman from him right now. I know we talk a lot about Baker Mayfield here and how he had that signature win and he had his Heisman moment. Right, but, and that's the one thing Saquon doesn't have. He doesn't yet. have a signature win yet. And, and, I mean, he, he might not. You know, maybe Penn State ends up only, like, losing every single game after, after this week. You know, that would, be, that would be really funny and also very unfortunate for him. But, um, to me, I think Saquon has a chance to really solidify his uh, Heisman candidacy uh, this, this coming uh, couple of weeks. You know, he, he has a couple of big games against Northwestern. I know everybody wants to talk about how great Iowa is. But, personally, I think Northwestern is a top 25 team. I think they just have been, like, you know, they had a tough, tough loss against Wisconsin, which, you know, they were pretty close in the game until the second half. And and I think it's going to be the same thing against Penn State. And, you know, if Northwestern wins, they're going to be top 25 team. If they lose, they're going to be a top 25 team in a few weeks, you know, because they'll, they'll end up winning a few games, you know, probably going something like seven and four. Uh, and, and, you know, and, and Saquon's going to get yet another great game. I'm, 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 for, for this week's prediction on the Northwestern Penn State game, I think Penn State's going to win. I think it'll be like something like uh, 27 to 13, something like that. That seems like a, a, a typical big, big 10 score for this era. Um, but, you know, like he has games against Ohio State, against Michigan, Michigan State. You know? Yeah, you mentioned those tough couple weeks coming up. He goes, plays at home against Michigan, and then he goes to Ohio Stadium in back to back weeks. Those are going to be games that and then Michigan make or, State after that. yeah it goes to Michigan State. That's a really rough three weeks there for this Penn State team. I think those games right there are going to cement Saquon Barkley's Heisman candidacy this year. If he can have big games against all three of those teams, I don't see anyone that'll take this trophy away from him. And as a more overarching theme, if Penn State wins these three games, I think they are cemented into the playoff. No matter what. Oh yeah, they have to. I mean that that's a. Re- that, I think that's the most unlucky three game stretch I've seen of of any team. I know TCU has a little bit of an annoying stretch where they have Oklahoma State and then West Virginia, but then then that's it. Then then they have a few weeks before they play Oklahoma. But yeah, that three game stretch is really bad. Let me ask you this: Do you if if Penn State loses one of those three games, it doesn't matter how or or let's say it's not a blowout, but ju- they just have a. An, um, sort of a tough loss, unlucky loss in one of those three games, and they still win the Big Ten. In your eyes, does Saquon still deserve the Heisman, and does Penn State also deserve to be in the playoff? Because in my opinion, yes. I do. I th- I think for the Heisman question there, it depends on what Oklahoma does the rest of the way. Okay. If Oklahoma goes undefeated and wins their championship, and they might sneak into the playoff somehow, then I think you got to give it to Baker because quarterback leads his team to the championship, all that undefeated. But if they do, if Penn State does go undefeated, then I think you have to give it to to uh, Saquon there. Even if they they might drop a game, I'm looking at that game at Ohio Stadium. That's a really really tough game to go to. That crowd is just 
Well, you're a telling monster. me it's pretty easy if, if you ask me. You know, <laughs> Oklahoma did pretty well, I think. But you know what? Surprisingly, I actually think if Saquon still loses a game and Baker goes undefeated, it's still going to be neck and neck. I agree with that. I, 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 w- I think I would give it to Baker, but I, I just think that because that three-game stretch is so awful, and if they lose, like, I don't know, like the, the Ohio Ohio State game, I'm almost going to absolve them of that because a running back can only be so good. You know, and, and let's say what if what if he has 200 rushing yards, he puts them in position, and then McSorley throws an interception at the end of the game. That's not on him, you know, at that point, right? And it's not like a, a pass that's thrown to him and the ball gets intercepted. It's thrown to a, a wide receiver. I feel like we're going into a lot of hypotheticals, but I, I, I do like having these discussions because that's what's so fun about college football. And also, it's very interesting to understand that, you know, Saquon is actually breaking the streak of, of quarterbacks uh, winning the Heisman if he wins it this year. And th- and that's critical because I think that the Heisman is becoming only a quarterback award, and that's a little sad, you know. So um, that's that's just my thoughts on the, the, the Heisman situation in Penn State and Northwestern. The next game that uh, I'd really like to get into is the Miami-Florida State game. Florida State looked pretty bad after their loss. Um, I, I wasn't high on Florida State at all. I thought that their offensive line is, is absolutely a disaster. And no one really ever talked about it. And everybody just wanted to keep talking about how Francois looks awesome, which I think he's looked good. I don't think he's looked great because he hasn't had time to develop because the offensive line can't protect him. And then, lo and behold, he gets injured. I mean, Alabama just takes him out of the game. And then, you know, they, they, they kind of fall apart. Derwin doesn't look as great um, as, as, as he has in, in, you know, his freshman year or in the first game of the season. And so that leads me to wonder – Miami looked kind of slow at the beginning of the season. They looked okay um, last uh, last week. But my question is, is this going to be a close game or is it going to be kind of a blowout one way or another? No, th- Miami is going to blow out Florida State. You were really? talking about it. That offensive line is just disastrous. It, they give James Blackman no time to develop a play. They had 60 penalties last year. Exactly, and they lost yeah. two seniors. Now. It, it, <laughs> and it's a shame because Blackman is a really, really talented kid and he's not really getting a chance to show off that talent because and, he has no time to make a play. And I feel like that's the same problem with Francois. I, I feel like Francois is a lot of like good moves you know like he looks good in the pocket and he has this nice throwing motion but he I feel like people overrate him a little bit and think about how good he is if his offensive line backed him up but I I think what Francois has shown and even what Blackman has shown is they're pretty good but their offensive line is so bad that they become ineffective quarterbacks and that's something that Jimbo needs to work on because if if my memory serves me correct I don't think Florida State has ever really had a solid offensive line under him. I mean, when Jameis was there, Jameis was so good and so big that he kind of overcame the the offensive line issues. But I've never really seen a, a solid offensive line. And for such a talent-rich area like the Southeast, I feel like, you know, uh, Jimbo Fisher should be able to recruit some better offensive linemen. So that's something he definitely needs to work on this offseason, yeah, if not that- already. And that's actually surprising that they haven't had a really good offensive line, but they've come out with some really good running backs. Running backs, you look quarterbacks. At, you look at Dalvin Cook, who was drafted this year. He's phenomenal. Unfortunately, he tore his ACL this year, so we're not going to be able to see him as much. Uh, they brought out Chris Thompson, who is now showing what he can do for the Redskins. And exactly, you talk about receivers, too. So, yeah, I mean, Kelvin Benjamin was great. They have great D-linemen. They have, they have good linebackers. They have excellent secondary. So I don't know why. I mean, they've had great kick, uh, punters, kickers. No kick team returners. is going to be good at every position. And unfortunately for this Seminoles team, they are running into a problem that 
really is the difference between them winning games and losing games. You see it all over the NFL now, like with the Giants. Again, very sad. But you need an offensive line to win in any league, in, in college, in the pros. It's it's just... Yeah, I, I just think that that's a flaw in Jimbo Fisher's uh, arsenal and maybe in his staff. You know, I wonder what the, the coaching situation is there. I, I can't really comment on how good the 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 Florida State offensive line coaches but I just wonder why is it that this issue has consistently persisted I feel like he he didn't have to address the issue very much when he had Dalvin and and past great running backs and then he didn't he really didn't need to address it when he had Jameis so I think it's 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 becoming time that he he really nips that issue in in you know the proverbial butt um, so, you know, I, I think Miami's going to win. I feel like that's a pretty pretty comfortable statement for me to make. Again, I've been so wrong this year, but, you know, I, 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 I'm hoping Miami will win. And I don't like saying a team's going to get blown out at home because you always think that they're going to put on a better show for the home crowd and that they'll get some energy behind them from that. But I just really don't see a way that Florida State wins this game and even really makes it close. The next game that's a really big one this week is Michigan and Michigan State. Again, it's not a big wake, big game on, on necessarily on paper because it, Michigan State isn't ranked, and they had a very, very bad season last year. So they're kind of retooling, and they lost a lot of stud D linemen. But I feel like this could be a trap game with, with O'Korn in. I mean, O'Korn looked year. absolutely awful last year. And I'm wondering if this year it's going to be a repeat. I mean, you look at the game last year and you're on some crazy shenanigans on a on a block kick return for a touchdown, and who knows? That might happen again this game. This game, you were talking about it. Will and Spade's not going to play this week, so you have to throw in your backup, John O'Corn, who this season hasn't looked terrible in the very limited time that he's yeah, played. Yeah, he's looked a million times better than last yeah. year. Yeah. I but, mean, I could have been the quarterback of Michigan last year instead of O'Corn. Yeah, and I mean... You you never want to go into a game with your backup quarterback as your primary option. And, and having no confidence whatsoever. Exactly. That's just not what you want to do. But Harbaugh is going to have this kid ready. There's no doubt about it. He's a fantastic coach that's, that's going to whip these guys into shape. And I think that this Michigan team is better than they were last year, even with the loss of Jabril Peppers. I think that they that they handled their business this week and they continue marching on towards a possible towards the matchup with Penn State next week and with a possible playoff appearance. But you know that's what's kind of concerning me. Harbaugh is such a great coach. He always prepares his teams, but he doesn't have any hardware to show for it. I I just, you know, I'm I'm really wondering what 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 he he has 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 he he hasn't been a winner. He's won a lot of games, but he's never won the championship. He's never won a um, a, a top bowl game. That's I would I would argue that and say that he hasn't won the big one. He yeah, didn't win yeah. the big one in the, yeah, yeah, he didn't yeah. win the that's Super Bowl. I, sorry, that's what I but. mean. Now, granted, that Super Bowl, I thought they got robbed. And I was rooting for Ray Lewis in that game because I, I just thought he deserved that, you know, like a like a stray hand kind of finish. But he didn't win. And and he didn't win when he was at Stanford, which is okay. But he had Andrew Luck, right? And you know he he lost to a Mike Gundy, who's also known for not being a big game coach. And then you know this is his fourth season at Michigan, if I remember correctly. And I know he had to redo a lot, but you know it's about time that he starts winning. So if he loses against Michigan State, that's that's a big, 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 big deal. 
Yeah, and I me- you mentioned it being a trap game, and I love that that terminology right here because you got to worry about some of your kids looking forward to the next game. They might think that this is just a, a cakewalk, a real easy win for them, that and they just want to get to next week to play that really big profile game against the against that Penn State team. But you need to that he need Coach John Harbaugh needs to make sure that his kids are focused and ready to play this. Oh, game. Oh, and they will be. But that's you know that that leads me to my second point that I'm a little concerned about Harbaugh. This is his fourth season, if I remember correctly, right? I, Breen, can you check that actually? If if it's his fourth season, I I don't remember if this is his third or fourth because that that makes a difference. Why is it that he's known for being a, a great college quarterback or or a very or, or a pretty good college quarterback and 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 being a great offensive coach? And yet at Michigan, he hasn't really brought in a great talent. He's such a great recruiter. Why is it that he's not brought a great quarterback talent, at least? It doesn't have to be a great quarterback, but just on talent. It just feels like he's riding Spates and O'Corn until they graduate. And I'm wondering who's in the background that he's developing because... If he were developing, sorry, Matt. Yes. This is his uh, third season. So we had 2015, okay, so, 2016, and now this one. Okay, so then that's huge because then at that point, I because I was about to say, if this was his fourth season, he must have developed some freshman in his first or second year that is that can replace O'Corn as the backup, and because because O'Corn is really just not a good backup. He looks better in last year, but but my concern is you know his how is he developing the quarterback situation now again. People can be picky and say, hey, you know, it is your third year. Why don't you have a better quarterback? But I'm, I'm going to give him one more year on this. But he need, he absolutely needs to contend for a Big Ten championship this year because if he doesn't, then it's going to be a lot of noise, and Michigan fans are going to start saying, bro, it's been three years. You know, when, when are we going to see some, like, not just, oh, we're contending, but, like, we make it to the Big Ten championship game or we go to the playoff? Yeah, you mentioned it. This is... He had a really, really tough job cleaning up the mess that was left for him at Michigan when he walked in. He had to retool at so many positions and just get a lot better talent, and it showed. His first season, he had some ups and downs, and that was to be expected. But he was excellent. He was, yeah. Yeah. And then ever since his first season on, he has just been phenomenal, and this Michigan team has really come back to what everyone expects them to be and from their pedigree. But... You meant you were talking about them competing for a Big Ten championship this year. It's going to come down to their game next week because having being in the same uh, division in the Big Ten as Penn State, as Ohio State, and Michigan State, and Michigan State, and Iowa, exactly. That's annoying. That's really annoying because yeah, in the, the West, in the in the East, there's nothing. There's just Wisconsin. It's, it's only Wisconsin, and exactly. So they're probably the favorites right now to come out of that division and represent that division in the championship game, but. Having to go through right now what is two other top 10 teams to even have a chance to play for your championship in your conference, that's so unlucky. That is unlucky. And also, I don't like how the Big Ten aligned their divisions. I'm okay. Like, for example, we complain about how the SEC West is so much stronger than the East, but, but there have been SEC East powerhouses with Florida and, and, and Georgia as well. But, you know, my, my main concern is always, you know, who do we think can, can really be the next, you know, great, great Big Ten team? And, and I feel like Harbaugh is on track for that because I don't think Ohio State is in a position to, to make it to the playoff this year. And I think that this Michigan Michigan State game has just going back to the game has a lot of, of, of just a lot of storylines that go beyond the game because 
we're kind of overlooking Michigan State, but we actually aren't because we're saying if Michigan State beats Michigan, they open up a lot of can of worms. Oh, absolutely. That will throw such a wrench into the Big Ten championship plans for this Michigan team. Uh, you were talking about the realignment, and I'm 100% with you. I hate the way that they did it. I like that they were able to keep the Michigan-Ohio uh, State rivalry going with a game every year, but I would much rather maybe save that game for a potential championship game when it's so much bigger and the stakes are higher. But I I do see Michigan winning this game this week, and they're going to be ready for, for next week even more. All right, and and you know, last lastly that I'd like to mention this for for this show is I'll be working on an article. That, that, you know, so my idea was at the beginning of the of the year, the the season really is write an article weekly about the top thirty prospects. And I realized that it's kind of unfair to do that in September because you know some players you know that are are juniors haven't really made the big splash yet, but the, we're going to start seeing some more players like, you know, Will Greer that wasn't on the map, really kind of been forgotten, and now is looking like at the very least a second or third round quarterback for the in the NFL draft. So what I'm going to be doing this week is going to be working on an article that I'll be presenting uh, to the pod and, and we'll be posting uh, later on this weekend. And, and I, I feel like this is going to be a collaborative effort also with Costantini looking over and, and, and putting his point of view into it. Um, some players that really stood out to me uh, th- th- just this, you know, this this month, that that aren't the average players that we've talked about is two things. One, Will Greer is looking very very good. Two, Hurst from Michigan is looking even better. He he looked like a top thirty player. Now he's looking more like a top fifteen. And also, I'm a little bummed with the Alabama off a defensive line. You know, Deshaun Hand just. He looks okay, and and that's kind of interesting because I feel like Alabama players we're starting to see this trend where that heyday period from 09 to, to 2012, there were some great players, but since then, a lot of them haven't really panned out. Yeah, I want to throw another name into that mix that you didn't mention. is Kenny Hill from TCU right now. That's another guy, yeah. You you saw him in his freshman year at Texas A&M just light, light up the world, and everyone thought he was the second coming for them. And he's a big guy. And he's a really big guy. And then he had to take that year off when he transferred, and now he... I don't. I don't remember exactly if he played last season. No, he, he might have. No, so he that was the, he that was the year that he had to sit out. Year, yeah. So looking at him this year, he just looks. I would argue that he looks better than he did at A and M right now. Yeah, he really, really does. And you know, my my thought process on Hill is, in fact, we we haven't mentioned him because we're not going to really talk about the Heisman uh, on this show. We've already kind of addressed it. Is, Hill could be a guy that could get the Heisman at the end of the year if they go undefeated and does some crazy things because he's putting up great numbers and he has the skill set. He's fast, he's big, he's strong. He's not Cam Newton, but he has that kind of prototypical style of a Cam Newton. And 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 he's you know that's very interesting. They bring it up. He he's a player that could sneak into the first round of this draft. So anyway, I, you know, great input from Costantini as always. Uh, Mir Gore, you know, thank you so much for the show. Uh, Breen, as always, you know, thank you for 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 handling the the board and just the the the, the noise in the background. Thanks so much, as always. Thanks for the show, uh, for tuning into the show, everyone. The College Gridiron Show will be back next week on Tuesday. Bye.